You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews. I'm still here. I'm, I'm back for another day talking Blue Jays, and we have a couple topics to get to. I know it was an off day yesterday, so not a lot of on-the-field action we can talk about, but the Blue Jays making news off the field. We will talk about one of the more disappointing ways they're making news off the field in the latter half, but let's start with some good news. And it's something that Blue Jays fans have been waiting to hear for the longest of times. And earlier today, Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun confirmed that once Vladimir Guerrero Jr. returns from his injury, he will not be going back to New Hampshire. He will be going to Buffalo as Vlad Jr. continues to climb that ladder. Obviously, huge news for everyone in Toronto and in Buffalo. So enjoy watching a potential future Hall of Famer in Buffalo. And I don't say that with hyperbole. He's, he's being profiled as a future Hall of Famer. So Buffalo, get ready for that. I am jealous. We do not have any kind of baseball in Nova Scotia. So we survive, I guess. But yeah, this, is, this has been big. This has been a long time coming. Let's say it like that. Guerrero already proved that he had nothing more to do at AA New Hampshire other than keeping the band together with Bo Bichette and Kevin Biggio. And like Lourdes Gurriel started the season in New Hampshire, but there were there was really nothing more for him to do. He's batting 407 at New Hampshire against players like five years older than him. He had 11 home runs. He had 55 RBIs in 53 games. How many people would kill for that kind of production from a Blue Jays batter this year? An RBI a game at New Hampshire. A Ted Williams batting average. A strikeout-to-walk ratio that is almost dead even. He has 21 strikeouts against 20 walks. He has been insanely good. And he has been completely overwhelming double-A pitching. So this has been a long time coming. And I know there are Blue Jays fans like, why is he going to Buffalo? Why is he going to Toronto? He's still 19. That's why he's going to Buffalo. They're taking their time with him. They're they're letting him grow. You don't want to burn him out too quickly. I love that he's going to Buffalo. This gives him a chance to kind of settle in. You'll face a lot of guys who have had cups of coffee in the major leagues. You'll get used to that major league pitching, get used to some more deception, and hopefully be able to take that next step in honing his craft. So what what this probably means for Buffalo as well is that they are the Blue Jays are getting set to sell off a lot of their pieces and we talked about separately about some of the guys who might come up in that case. Uh Chris Rowley's been mentioned as a guy who's who's probably going to come up for the rotation. There could be guys like Long-time organizational guys who get, get call-ups in September. guy who comes to mind is Jason Leblebigian, who's who's 27, is a versatile infielder. If they make a move for, like, 
if they trade Solarte or something, Leblebijian could easily get the call there. But no, this is huge. And when he was in an interview earlier this summer, Gil Kim, who's the director of player development, said Guerrero was ready for this promotion. He he knows that the pitchers in AAA are better. The speed of the game is faster. The pitchers know how to attack. And this is part of the Blue Jays' plan, to get Vlad to the point where he's taking advantage of each day, as Kim said, to get better and continue to improve. And, again, this, this is a huge move because if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. can prove that he can hit AAA pitching already even at the age of 19, that speeds up the window for the Blue Jays to get back into contention really quickly. And that that actually does change what the Blue Jays do at the deadline. Because we've been talking about trying to define what the window is going to be for the Blue Jays coming up. Like, what, when are they aiming for to be competitive again? When Kafstam of, of Jays from the Couch talked to Jerry Howard, if Jerry was optimistic that they would be back in contention by 2020-2021, and then contending for a World Series in 2022 to 2023. But depending on how good Vladimir Guerrero Jr. looks when he comes back, he could really push that window ahead and push the Blue Jays to look for more MLB-ready talent as they're trading off Jay Happ, as they're trading... Marco Estrada, and to a lesser extent, Curtis Granderson. So there, there's a lot on the line here with Guerrero's promotion to Buffalo, and it's going to be very interesting to see. Again, I'm very jealous of the people in Buffalo who are going to get to see that. I Now, again, what should Blue Jays fans be looking for from Guerrero at AAA level? He's obviously not going to hit 400 there. That's not anyone's expectations by any point. But I think if Vladdy can go out there and prove that he's still going to be able to hit for average while he's there, if he gets close to 300 as a 19-year-old, that's going to really accelerate things for him if he can prove he still has a contact and if, if the strikeout levels stay where they're at he keeps that one-to-one ratio with his walks that'll kind of prove this handling the pitchers at at triple a who are more crafty as we said who have that ability to change what they're trying to do a lot easier than these kids at double a who are still trying to develop their pitches if he can handle that and bat around 290 300 i think there's a strong possibility that he will be with the club early next year he won't be there immediately because i guarantee you the blue jays will do like what the braves did what the cubs did what all these all these other teams have done with their stud prospects and they will keep them down in the minors for a couple weeks just to you know delay the clock on his major league contract and and get that extra year of arbitration. Though they might be able to disguise it to say, "Oh, Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s fatigued, didn't play as much spring training." They'll they'll be able to disguise it, but make no mistake about it, he will not break spring training 2019 with the club. He will start at Buffalo next year, so this will be good. He'll get acclimatized to it. 
And yeah, that that's probably going to be... I would not be surprised if there are more people watching Buffalo Bisons games than Toronto Blue Jays games by the end of it. But th this is the future. This is what Toronto fans are pinning their hopes on. So naturally, there's going to be a desire to see him succeed. We'll talk about someone who we may not want to see succeed, potentially. It's, it's tricky, but we will talk about it right after this. Okay, let's turn to the more depressing of the two topics we have on the docket today. And that is the situation with Roberto Osuna. Yesterday, it was announced that his court date was going to be moved over to August 1st. So, four days before Osuna is set to be eligible to play at MLB level is when that court date is. And at that point, there may not be a resolution. We may not know exactly what happened in that apartment back in May. We we may not know if he is guilty or not. He's, yeah, but there's a chance that he could be pitching with a criminal court case ongoing over him. And I think this is absolutely absurd. And the reason this comes up today is the Toronto Star, as we shift to the other newspaper in the city, um, yesterday... Rosie D'Amato released a column where she talked with Dominic Vasili, who is Osuna's lawyer. And basically, Basili said the meetings were going well, that Osuna does not plan on pleading guilty, because, of course, why would he admit guilt? But they are potentially trying to resolve it by August 1st either via a peace bond, which would be a resolution to the the issue and that it, it would separate the two. There would be a trial. Or, again, he could plead guilty, which he is not wanting to do. But from the sounds of it, Basili still sounds like he is in battle mode and trying to block any any kind of assumption of guilt, any kind of proof of guilt. They're they're definitely not sounding like good guys. They're trying. They're sounding like they are just trying trying to move past this as quickly as possible. Basili said that Osuna did undergo counseling, which. I've not seen it, and I've not heard of any any word of it, and it makes me very reluctant to believe Roberto Osuna in that case. Because again, throughout throughout the column, all Basili is talking about is getting Roberto Osuna back onto the field, getting Osuna back to playing baseball. He talked about issues with the visa traveling to the states, but. He he mostly talks about o Osuna getting back onto the field and and talking about the 
the presumption of innocence with him and and all the news that is swirling around him and i did have a discussion with someone on twitter about this because i i said in yesterday's show i was uncomfortable with araldus chapman being on the all-star team and being celebrated when he was a previous domestic abuser when he brought a gun out and fired it at his partner it was at a wall but he still fired it and i said on on twitter that i hoped araldus chapman got the crap boot out of him when he came on to pitch against the blue jays and honestly i hope osuna gets the same treatment and someone did bring up the question of that presumption of innocence that i personally was lacking in this case and all i can have all i can really say to that is i am inclined to believe the woman in these cases because i feel there is far more for her to lose in going forward a lot of a lot of arguments i've heard in talking with other people in my life about these issues is oh these these women are just coming forward because they're after the money and they're trying to get money off these famous guys and accusing them like what amount of money would be worth having to come forward like this and having to say you've had to deal with this what amount of money would be worth putting your putting yourself out there and and trying to relive the trauma of being beaten and there are recent instances in the media that do not help persuade people from that argument i think about reuben foster who was accused of domestic violence and then the the accuser went into court and said she lied and i don't know why she would say that I don't know why she would go through with it. She said she was angry and, and jealous. And that is a whole different scenario. That is a whole different kettle of fish. That That is not what we have here. Without any kind of reporting on on what specifically happened. And I know Basili and Osuno said the, the video will prove everything. And... And the video will will show what happened. I'm I'm not sure it will. And even if it does, that st- you still got put in this situation where you have a a woman, a partner, hurt and and taken to the hospital, and you needing to be locked away because of your actions for that. And I, it's very hard to reconcile. Like this isn't the Kevin Pillar slur. This this isn't a, a slip of the mouth, a slip of the tongue. And it's harder to teach from that. You can argue that Kevin Pillar has has come a long way since he uttered that slur to Jason Mott, and has learned from it and and has grown as a person i want to believe roberto osuna can do the same thing but for him to not receive proper consequences for his actions before that happens i can't abide by that i can't just sweep that under the rug and that seems to be what basili was trying to do he said he said to end the the star column 
He's very anxious to deal with this and move forward. He's a young man. He wants to play as soon as possible. He loves the city. He's really playing on the on the fans there to try and try and push this under. And I, I think the front office wants that as well. We we saw Ross Atkins last month saying that Roberto is the closer when he comes back. And at the time I'm like, I, I can't I can't say that. I, I need him to be traded. He's he's not the closer for, for this team. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just this this entire situation is so disgusting and ugly, and it makes it very difficult to root for this team when you have people who are garbage or potentially garbage. I, I should add potentially garbage. Because as the person on Twitter pointed out to me, he hasn't been convicted of what he did. Although, again, if a peace bond is what they're looking at, and given MLB did their investigation and handed out a 75-game ban, I said it should have been longer. But you know what? Considering what they're trying for, I will take it. But in the end, it's just... It's a disgusting situation, and I can't, I can't root for him. And I, I don't think he should be on there on the field until it's concluded. And I've, I believe this about hockey players in the past. I believe this about football players. I believe this about Ezekiel Elliott. I, I think that until there is a conclusion to this, he should not be on the field. And again, I, I don't have much sway in baseball so he's probably going to be on that field in early august at some point and i hope the blue jays give him the welcome that he deserves because it's not one of applause okay not but that is where we end today's episode i know we we ended it on a downer but there will be games to talk about tomorrow and and we'll try and have a bit more fun but until then, you can follow me on Twitter at NeoAC18. That's NeoAC18. Follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnJays. And that'll do it for today's episode. So for everyone at Locked On Blue Jays, thank you so much for listening. I've been your host, Ryan Andrews, and y'all take care.